I'm unmuted. All right. Well, praise the Lord. It's good doctrine. Praising God, that is. Amen. Can't go wrong with that doctrine. Praise the Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, just praise the Lord, will you? Amen. Hallelujah. You know, uh, we just learned to kind of, you know, love God and love others. Things will work good. You know what I mean? Come on, right? Hallelujah. So, uh, we have on Wednesday nights, um, at least my time with y'all on Wednesday nights, I have been working through a series uh, talking about stress-free living. Praise the Lord. Every week coming at you at different ways. So let's look at our key verse, 2 Timothy, please, chapter 3, verse 1. We'll go there. Hallelujah. It says, but know this. Everybody say, know this. That means you got to know it, right? Know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. And these, as the days progress, amen, perilous times will come. Uh, so uh, the word perilous there means difficult, fierce, ferocious. Uh, times of stress is what most of our cross-references say. Uh, it means the reducing, uh, reducing the strength of. Anytime you got uh, you know stress around, guess what? That's exactly what's going to happen. Amen. Stress is defined in your you know dictionaries or whatever. Just the synonyms to stress is stuff like tension, strain, uh, nervous, weariness, fatigue. And usually it's fatigued by overexertion or striving or struggle, you know, straining at something. Um, and as we've brought out over uh, the course of this last several months here, talking about, especially in this text here, uh, he's talking about being a lover of God rather than a lover of self. And, and as we dove into that, and actually from week to week, we've been seeing it just pretty much every week, that anytime we're self-striving or self-serving, um, you're going to have stress. It's inevitable. Hello, somebody. Just a fact. When you're straining and trying to do everything in your own strength, it's inevitable you're going to come up short because you weren't designed to carry everything. Amen. And even self, uh, self-serving. Okay. Uh, now, I, I thought for a second here I might uh, take a, a second and talk about uh, just briefly uh, self-serving. You know, when you get talking about self-serving, we might always think about, uh, you know, it just means being selfish or, or you know, it's just always about yourself uh, in the sense of... Uh, you know, maybe in a, maybe in a carnal, real carnal way as far as, uh, you know, it's just, it's all about me and, and not about you kind of thing. But self-serving isn't just about being selfish. It's also about uh, being self-concerned, self-interested, and self-consumed about th- certain things. Does that make sense? Now, the reason that being is because a lot of times, you know, it ain't like you're going around just, you know, thinking that you're above everybody and all that kind of stuff. Sometimes it's just the fact that because of what you're going through, all you can think about is what you're going through. And so what happens then, see, it becomes you start leaning into a thing called self-serving because it's all about you again. Even though you'd like it all to go away, in a sense, but it still it's consumes your thoughts, consumes your thinking, and uh, thus then it begins to produce certain effects, certain emotions, certain feelings, all that kind of stuff, and then pretty soon we got us a mess. And so I just kind of want to throw that out there today. Um, so when I also say self-serving, that's, that's partially what we're talking about. And, of course, it could be selfish, too, because there is that, too. All right, so Galatians 6, so put that on the board because what I did is kind of a, I took a little segment here within this series and um, talking about, uh, about what we sow, amen, uh, concerning... Uh, stress-free living. So Galatians 6 and 7, let's read this text here. Do not be deceived. Why? Because you can. Come on. Do not be deceived. Remember, he's talking to the church. Do not be deceived. Uh, God is not mocked. You know, he'll not be ridiculed here on this because it's, it's a principle. Okay, you can't, no matter whether you agree with it or not, it's really irrelevant. It's still a principle. Okay. Whatever a man sows, whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. One uh, translation, I believe it's the J.B. Phillips translation, uh, says that a man's harvest in life is dependent entirely upon what he sows. All right, so that's pretty good. Uh, In fact, uh, 
as I've said the last couple weeks, that if you, if you know your seed, you know your harvest, right? If you know what you want for a harvest, then you also know what you have to sow as, for a seed. And that's really, that's why we should take this principle and, uh, you know, we can get benefited from knowing this. Amen. It ain't just something just trying to give you a rebuke. It's trying to tell you, listen, if you, if you want a different harvest in life, then let's, let's do something about it. If you want to grow corn, then plant corn. You know, right? All right. So that's just kind of how it works. So verse 8, please. All right, let's read through this. For he who sows to his flesh will, of course, then reap corruption because that's all you get out of that. But he who sows to the Spirit, in other words, you're going after spiritual things, praise God, it says uh, of the Spirit will reap a thing called everlasting life or, or uh, uh, you know, it just means a quality of life, okay? Everlasting life um, uh, is, is really starts at knowing Jesus according to John 17. And so knowing Him, amen, and believing in the Son in whom He sent, that's what everlasting life is. So when you begin to sow toward the principles of the Spirit, Amen. You start, you start right now receiving or increasing, maybe a better way of saying it, increasing in that quality of life that you're destined for. Praise God. Amen. So verse 9 now, let's look at this. And let us not grow weary while doing good. Amen. Because that can happen, right? Well, I've been, I've been sowing good. I think I've been doing it right. And how come? No, no, that's the last thing news. Back up. Don't kill your seed. Come on now, right? Let us not grow weary while doing good for what? In due season. See, it always comes. Here it comes. We shall reap. Guess what? That's a promise. I said that's a promise. Promise from the good hands, people. There we go. We shall reap if we do not lose heart. Praise God. Amen. In verse 10, we'll wrap this part up with that. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us, and this is where it all this whole series kind of has come off this thing, let us do good to all especially to those who are of the household of faith. Amen. In other words, let's try to get it down with one another here. Come on, right? Amen. We ought to reach out there to the world. There's no doubt about it. Take that, you know, the Great Commission, go out there into all the world, praise God, and preach the gospel and, and be a light, be the salt, be a difference maker, praise God. But you know what? We should be able to get this down in the house first. Just a thought I'm having here. Amen. But do good. So we talked about sowing the do good seed Amen. If you learn how to sow the do-good seed, praise God, you'll reap, amen, a do-good harvest. Or we, as we've been bringing out, you'll reap then a stress-free living. It's towards stress-free living because some of the things that we stress about would change if we would change our seed. Amen. So we talked about a do-good seed, praise God. We talked about a week in there about a selfless seed. We talked last week about a verbal seed. We talked about sowing words, words of life into the, into the lives of other people, praise God. Amen. But we found out some things last week that in order to, to be one that continually sows life through your words, amen, through your lips, through your tongue, depending on which text we're talking about. But to continue to do that, you got to keep the heart right. And the only way to keep the heart right is you got to be planting right words. Come on, somebody. Plant right words. Amen. Come on. Right seed going in. It produces a good tree, which then produces good fruit, which then gives you good seed to continue to sow. Praise God. This is the cycle of the seed. Amen. It's how it works. So in good, you take in good. Come on. Pretty soon at that heart, as Jesus said, begins to change. Because if you don't change the heart, you know, you're going to have, if you got bad heart, you got bad seed. He said in that one, in that earlier in that text, if you got a bad tree, you can't expect to have good fruit. Amen. And we went into all that and explained all that, praise God, last week. Today I'm going to talk about sowing hope. Amen. Sowing hope. Amen. And uh, we're going to come out of Romans chapter 15 is where we're going to spend our time today. Amen. Still talking about sowing that do-good seed. Amen. Romans chapter 15, please. You doing good today? Yes. All right. Well, I'm glad you came out on a Wednesday night. Praise the Lord. And we're going to, uh, we're going to um, go to verse 1. I think what I want to do here first, um, well, let's read verse 1, and we'll just kind of roll this. I got a lot of, it seemed like the, the more I dove into this today, the deeper it got. So I was like, so, you know, then you just got to just believe God that you get all the right stuff out and amen. Come on. Yes. And uh, don't overload and all that kind of stuff. So, 
Amen. So when uh, uh, we then, verse 1, we then who are strong, all right, ought to bear with the scruples of the, scruples of the weak and not to please ourselves or live to please ourselves, as uh, one translation brings out, which is actually pretty accurate. Uh, so how many know we're not here just to live to please ourselves? We're here to be a blessing. Thank you for all the encouragement. Amen. We're here to be a blessing. Amen. And it says we're here to bear with the scruples of the weak or the unable. Uh, but the word uh, scruples here, if you, you maybe your cross-reference even uses uh, the word weaknesses. Uh, the last couple of Sundays, you know, we use that, uh, uh, come out of the same root words, not the exact same word, but the same root word, weaknesses, out of Romans 8, which means that the inability to produce results, okay, or the inability to produce right results, okay. So in other words, you're out, you're trying, and you're striving, but you can't quite produce the results you want. So according to Scripture, it's called an inability or uh, a weakness, all right? Uh, so that's, that's what this word uh, also means, except it kind of it puts a little different spin on this one, all right? So the scruples of the weak, okay, the word scruples, okay, again, meaning a weakness, but it means the scruples of the conscience, okay? Now just hang on. So it refers, the word scruple itself kind of would refer to like doubt or wavering or whatever. So it's talking about doubt or wavering uh, of, of the mind or inward seeing it also means. So it's talking a lot about uh, people struggling with, with their thoughts, people struggling with what, you know, the, the, the thought patterns, struggling with what they're, you know, the inner picture, what they're seeing. Are you still with me? Yes. Because people struggle with stuff. And stuff's going on based on a, maybe a combination of a bunch of things that happen in their life, maybe ongoing stuff, uh, maybe just don't ever seem like they can get their head above, uh, you know, the, the, the water, so to speak, and catch their breath, you know. So they constantly, it, it starts producing uh, a thing called, really, hopelessness or discouragement. Amen. Are you still with me? And there's more to it, so I'm just uh, kind of jumped out there a little bit. But I wanted to throw this out here, okay? Um, I thought this would be worth it, just throwing it out right away, okay? We never live beyond our most predominant thoughts. Nobody does. Okay, good or bad. So if, if, our, certain, if our thoughts are constant in one area, it, it, it starts producing a way of thinking, and pretty soon that's where you live. Even Romans 8, the beginning of Romans 8 deals with wherever, wherever that mindset determines how, it determines whether you're going to live according to the spirit or according to the natural, come on, or the flesh. Are you still with me? So we never live beyond our most predominant thoughts. Now I just want to throw this out there because in the light of everything we're talking about, neither do others. Pretty deep, huh? You don't live beyond... Your most predominant thoughts, neither does the person next to you. Neither does that person down at the store, person at work, person at the school. Come on, somebody. Neither does that person, you know, that, uh, you know, that helped you over here and did this over there or said that. Come on, somebody. I'm just the point being made. Everybody lives according uh, to their most predominant thoughts. Okay? So we're talking about... Being a difference maker in the sense of being a, a you know sowing do good seed, Amen, Hallelujah. So we're talking today about sowing hope into the lives of those that need it, Amen. Why? Because it'll bring a harvest of hope or a stress-free harvest. Are you still with me? All right. So kind of let the cat out of the bag on a lot of this. All right. That cat out of the bag just, just sounds morbid, don't it, kind of in a way? I don't know. I just got to thinking about that. I, my thought of a cat in the bag isn't good. Somebody else, maybe um, I'll leave that alone. I'll just, <laughs> gone. Bad thought. Ooh, bad thought. Anyway, praise the Lord. Uh, um, somebody said one time that thoughts are nothing but invitations. I thought that was pretty good. And so when I start thinking about that, you know, wherever the thoughts are, whatever people's most predominant thoughts are, determines the party they're attending. What, you know, what party they're going to. It could be, you know, a party, you know, that, what do they call that, uh, that party you have all by yourself called pity party. <laughs> it could be all kinds of, you know, but, but 
thoughts, that's what thoughts can do, okay? Thoughts start producing things, all right? And uh, so what we're called to do, and I'm, again, just kind of tossing this out there, we're here to give others a new invitation, so to speak, amen, to a new and better, uh, new and better way of living, a new and better maybe party they can hang out with. Come on, somebody, a way of thinking, a way of living, praise God, amen, however you want to word it. But, but we are, as, as men and women of God, amen, we are called to be difference makers, Amen. And so we're here, amen, to bring hope and courage, encouragement, amen, to people. Praise God. Amen. So, okay, with that said, we then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak and not to uh, please ourselves or to live to please ourselves. Let each of us uh, please his neighbor uh, or empower others is another way of saying it. Amen. Let us please one another, bring to empowerment. So it's not talking about you've got to try to make everybody happy all the time. That's, that's impossible. Doesn't know if you know that. But what you are here to do is try to help empower people, right? So when we're talking about bringing hope, we're talking about coming with some, something, praise God, some God substance, amen, to make a difference, to give them hope, all right? All right, anyway. So uh, let each of us... Uh, uh, please his neighbor uh, for, his, uh, for his good, uh, in other words, to help lead him along, leading to, here it says, edification or the building up of another individual, right? For even Christ did not please himself or live to please himself, but as it is written, uh, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. In other words, I, I, didn't, I wasn't out just to please myself, I was out to try to help people, praise God. And I tried to take every burden I could off of you, amen, and in the end, he took paid a price for all of them. Amen. Come on, right? Anyway, praise God. For, who, for whatever things were written, everybody say written, whatever things were written uh, before were written uh, for our learning that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures, okay, so we know what he's talking, talking about the word here, uh, might have hope, all right? So through uh, Patience, continuing, endurance, okay? Uh, patient endurance, that actually means, okay? Uh, joyful endurance, it brings out. And comfort, uh, imploration, which just uh, is referring to uh, you're moving into it in order to get consola- uh, 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 counsel or, con- no, that's not the right word, consolation. Thank you. Okay, there we go, that too. Consolation, there we go. And, am I said it wrong again? Consolation. Okay, there we go. And uh, uh, I wrote so small here, I could barely see it. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And uh, ex- exhortation. There you go. There's the other word. Okay. So the point being is comfort, patient and comfort, okay, through patience and comforts, through the word. In other words, this, as, we, as we move, stay consistent with it. Come on, somebody. As we move closer to it and draw what we can from it, amen, through patience and comforts of the scriptures, we might have hope. Hang on to that. So in other words, amen, now listen, because this, this is what's saying here, it, you know, it's kind of hard to bring hope to others if you ain't willing to go get it yourself. Come on now. Amen. And if you're not going to, you know, draw on hope yourself, then you're probably not going to have hope to draw from to help another person. Right. Right. Amen. Okay, so, so he's saying is that one of those ways is going to be right out of the Word of God. Hang out with this Word, and you'll be amazed at how much hope you start getting. All right, that's what he's bringing out. So then he says, verse 5, Now may the God of patience and comfort, amen, I love that, grant you uh, to be like-minded, amen. In other words, he says, you know, uh, God did it for you. In other words, all of this, this, this thing he's asking you to do to, through patience and comfort, he says, I, I, I'm the source of all that too. And I'm going to do all that and I'll help you in every, anything you want help in to do this. Just stay with it. Amen. But if you do that, then he'll, look, it says that he'll grant you to be then like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus. In other words, now as you draw from it, as you gain it, now you can turn around and help give it. Right? Whew. All right. Well, why? Well, verse 6, that you may with one mind... And, uh uh-oh, one mouth, glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, if we do this thing right, not only are you going to be bringing glory, but everyone around you will be bringing glory. Come on, somebody. That person you're helping is going to have, they're going to start giving God some glory for what's going on. Come on now. Because isn't that the name of the game? 
get people well and whole and get them on top, praise God. Amen. Those that are without hope or without courage or without, you know, the uh, strength of mind. I mean, if they need help, then we ought to come in there and be the ones to make a difference, praise God, so we can all praise God together. What do you think? All right. All right. Now, this is how it works. All right. So, verse 7. Therefore, so in other words, this is going to work. Therefore, receive one another. Well, I don't like that guy. Well, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're different. Well, so are you. Well, you know, I don't care for how he does things. Well, they may not care how you do things. You know, I said, well, you know. And the point being is this, you know, the, the name of the game is not really to go around and, you know, analyze who you're going to help and who you're not going to help because you agree with this one or don't agree with this one or whatever it is and make your judgment call based on those kind of things. We're here to help anybody that needs Come on. I mean, that's the way it should be. And, I, and I've learned that not everybody receives it. Not everybody hooks up to it. But that doesn't stop from us being the ones to try to sow that. Amen. Have you ever been spit in the face? I've been spit in the face, literally. I didn't want to receive what I had. Well, so I punched him. No. <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> you say, praise the Lord. Amen. Now, there would have been a day I might have, okay? But uh, amen. But sometimes, you know, people, you know, it's just we're here to be a blessing and some receive, some don't, but we don't sit and make, you know, we don't sit and worry about it. We, we're about, you know, we're about the sowing end of it. Okay? All right. All right. Uh, therefore, receive one another. Now, the word receive here does mean uh, to take uh, to oneself, or t- it literally means uh, admittance uh, to friendship or admittance to hospitality. Okay? So, uh, therefore, receive one another as Christ has also received us. One trend, actually, it, 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 your crossword might even say received you. Make it personal, right? Received you, amen, uh, to the glory of God, amen. So in other words, he received you, no matter how earnery you were, and he kept working on you even when you wasn't going to receive it. It's amazing what he did, right? And then maybe one day, maybe that, you know, maybe the first 10 people didn't get through, but that 11th guy come around and praise God, and then he got to reap the harvest of everybody else. Come on, somebody. I mean, I don't know. kind of depends on, you know, the individual. But the point being is this. This is, you know, this is kind of how this thing works, all right? Now, I say, verse 8, I say that Jesus Christ has become a servant uh, to the circumcision, in other words, to the Jewish, uh, for the truth of God, uh, to confirm the promises made to the fathers. Now, listen. And that the Gentiles, in other words, non-Jewish, come on now, might glorify God for His mercy as it is written. Now, here we go now. There's just quite a few references here dealing with the Gentiles, okay? Uh, Verse uh, 9 there again. For this reason, now this is out of Psalms 18. Uh, This is actually one of uh, David's psalms uh, of praise of deliverance. He said, uh, for this reason I will confess to you among the Gentiles and to sing your name, praise God. Verse 10 gives another reference, okay, out of uh, Deuteronomy 32, which is actually out of Moses' uh, final address to the people. Rejoice, O Gentiles, even. I mean, it's just, he's kind of, what he's trying to do is show you here, uh, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. You think, well, why would he, why would he be saying Gentiles? They're all Jewish people he's talking to. But hang on. Verse 11, okay, is out of Psalms 117, which, by the way, is the smallest psalm. It's only like two verses, I think. Uh, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, laud Him. In other words, speak loudly, praise loudly, rejoice. It's talking about really kind of doing it out loud. Amen. Laud Him, uh, all you peoples, praise God. And it goes on, I think, in that text here, uh, for His mercy and for His truth or something is, is toward you all or something like that. Uh, verse 12, and again, Isaiah said, look how many references here. So we got a couple references out of Psalms, one out of Deuteronomy, one out of Isaiah here, Isaiah 11. Uh, there shall be a root of Jesse, and he who shall rise to reign over the Gentiles. Amen. Look at that. And in him the Gentiles shall hope. Okay. Um, now, the word Gentile, ethnos, is this uh, Greek word here. 
refers to race, races, peoples, uh, nations. It refers probably mostly to foreign nation, uh, non-Jewish. But it, uh, if in certain texts, it refers to those he without he who is without God or he who lacks God. So I, I thought that's 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 relevant because. You know, even though we know God, there's sometimes in certain areas of our life we might be lacking God. Just a thought. Not saying that you're without, not saying you're going to hell, not saying I'm not taking away your salvation. I'm just saying there might be certain areas that maybe there are times when, especially when you deal with the hopelessness, what's happened is that area of your mind, uh, it's like there's, there's no God, you know, no, come on. Everything in there, the picture and everything in there is, is, is not good. And God's wanting to invade that. Come on. The word hope. Let's give a definition of hope. Amen. The word hope means expectation. It means uh, anticipation. It means an expectancy. Okay, and then if you look up the word an expectancy, it means a foresight or a look forward, or something that is kept in view. Okay, so what you start when you start understand what hope means. Hope is uh, uh, is like a snapshot or a glimpse of things ahead or whatever. How they're seeing things ahead. Okay, a uh, future picture. Uh, how many know we all think in pictures? And see, all it takes is thoughts come, and then thoughts start modifying the picture. That's why he wants you to come in there, and for some people, we've got to modify that picture because all they see is bad. See, they have no hope, or well, actually the hope that they have is bad hope. Come on, somebody. So their expectation is it ain't never going to change. Okay. All right. Um, expectation colors your outlook, shapes your attitudes, influences your actions. Are you hearing me? Okay. Now, let me just give you a definition of hopelessness, okay? Because you've got to kind of see it on the other side here. It means there's some synonyms to it. Uh, some, maybe it's desperate, despairing, disheartened, dispirited, a lot of dis stuff, right? Depressed, discouraged, all right? Now, get this, okay? So usually hopeless means this, okay, without solution. Now, it doesn't mean they are without, but they, they, in their own mind, they're seeing they have no solution. So it produces hopelessness. Come on, somebody. So the picture that they have, that picture that's been painted on, on, on the canvas of their mind or their heart, however you want to word it, amen, but that picture is, is saying there is no answer to this. This is the way your life is. It's going nowhere and going nowhere fast. And so uh, the word also refers to no future. It even uses phrases like dead end. <laughs> Maybe some people's picture is just a big sign that says dead end. I don't, I don't know. Come on now. Uh, but it means insolvable, uh, incurable, beyond remedy. So the point being is that people, uh, if they have no hope, they have a thing called hopelessness. Come on, somebody. And so that picture that they see about their own life is it ain't never going to change. You see what I'm saying? So we're supposed to come along, amen, with hope. So we don't bump up along and say, yeah, I know, life just stinks, don't it? See, that's what happens when you get two people that are hopeless. They bump into each other, and we just got a bigger, more vivid picture now. Of hopelessness come on now instead of us we come into the picture and we should be the ones to bring hope right bring hope amen hallelujah in fact uh, we'll come back to this uh, go to uh, Ephesians 2 let's look at this text um, Ephesians 2 Therefore, remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision, in other words, you were called those outside the covenant, by what is called the circumcision, talking about the Jewish uh, folks, uh, made in the flesh by hand. So in other words, the circumcised would refer to you as an uncircumcised uh, because you're outside the Jewish 
you know, the covenants. All right, so next verse. That at that time you were at that time. Everybody say at that time. Now hang on. At that time you were without Christ, right? Being aliens or non-participants is what that word means. From the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise. Here we go. Having no hope without God in the world, right? Come on now, right? Okay, when, that was before you knew Christ, right? Verse 13, but now in Christ, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. In other words, there's been a price paid. You don't have to walk around without hope anymore. You're not outside the covenants anymore. All of, God, uh, all of God's resources are at your disposal. He's saying, why? Because of a, you've entered in, praise God, to a covenant, praise God, with Him. Amen. Hallelujah. Even if you're, in a sense, outside the Jewish race, you're still now part of the family. Praise ye the Lord. Saying that you should not be without hope. All right, back to uh, uh, Romans. Chapter 15, let's see, where are we going? What verse are we, we were on? 12. Let's go, verse 13 now. Now may the God of hope, amen, come on. May the God of hope fill you all. Fill, uh, come on, fill you, pardon me, fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Well, believing what? Well, believing in Him. Uh, putting your faith and trust in Him or your confidence in Him or in His promises or whatever it is that God's talking to you about or whatever you're reading. Because remember, earlier He talks about you, you got this coming out of the Word too. So anytime you get God's Word going in you, whether we're talking about time spent with God, God speaking into you, or whether we're talking about you sitting down meditating on the Word of God. Come on, somebody. One of those things that begins to happen is hope begins to build. Amen. All right? So the God, may the God of hope fill you, uh, fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Why? That you may abound, superabound in hope. When people tell you don't get your hopes up, that's wrong. Get your hope up. That yeah. you abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, so let's, a few translations here. I don't know how many we got back through the Amplified. We got the Amplified on that one. Here we go. So this is the classic Amplified here. Um, May the God of your hope so fill you with all joy and peace in believing through the experience of your faith that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may, here we go, bound and be overflowing. I love this. Bubbling over with hope, praise God. Amen. Look at your name and say you should be bubbling over. Amen. Did you have the J.B. Phillips by chance? Okay, but the J.B. Phillips translation on that says that, that uh, at the end of that says that your whole life and outlook may be, here we go, may be radiant with hope. I like that. Now, that's key there because I'll come up here. All right, so the God of hope wants you to abound in hope. In other words, have a high expectation. In other words, the picture ought to be a good picture. Come on, somebody. I said the picture ought to be a good picture. Amen. And if it ain't, we better get that changed. Come on now, right? All right. And so if the God of hope wants you to abound in hope, praise God. Come on now. He wants you to abound in hope. Why? So you can turn then in so hope. Come on now. To those who are without hope. Come on now. This is kind of how it's supposed to work. Amen. Now we should be able to encourage one another and so hope in each other. As we read earlier, we should at least get it down in the household of faith, yeah. right? Come on now. When somebody's a little down, amen, right now, this is, ain't the time to mock them or ain't time to beat them up or time to say, you know, how dare you? Come on now. This is the time to encourage them. Come on now. Amen. Amen. We all need it once in a while. Somebody say, well, some people need it a lot. Well, keep working on them. Amen. You know, we're, not, we're never really entitled to, to, to douse their hope, douse their joy or their belief. Come on, right? We should always be encouraging. Amen. You know, have you ever, you know, get around people that dream big and believe big? I mean, I think you should, right? And, uh, you know, some people say, well, uh, you, know, uh, you know, somebody needs to tell them that ain't going to happen. Well, how do you know it ain't going to happen? I mean, it's amazing what God can do. 
Now, I understand there's other variables that fit into all this. We get that. We're not, we're not opposed to that. But you never go in there and douse somebody's hopes or dreams. Come on. If their if they're picture of the future is, you know, wanting to be something, come on, then encourage it. And just use, you know, use the Word of God and say, well, then this is where we get our faith activated. Use your faith. Amen. Come on now. And you just, just keep plugging in. But the idea is to keep bringing hope so that picture becomes more and more vivid. Because get, guess what? If you can see it, you can have it. We just got to get the picture right. Come on now. That's the truth. All right. So we got to be, be sowers of hope. Amen. And, and not uh, a wet blanket. Amen. Hallelujah. The uh, Passion Translation. Do we have that one? Hey, we do. Praise the Lord. Uh, now, may God, the inspiration and fountain of hope, I love that, uh, fill you with overflowing, with uncontainable joy and perfect peace, amen, as you trust in Him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit, here we go, continually surround your life with His superabundance, come on now, until you radiate with hope. Hallelujah. Man, that's how it works, man. You get yourself so full of hope, praise God, so, you know, so expectant of something pretty soon, praise God, you just radiate it. I like that. Amen. Amen. And then everybody around you just kind of gets in on it, praise the Lord. Isn't that how it should work? Come on, am I the only one getting this? Come on now. So if you're around somebody that feels like they have no solution, then praise the Lord, you ought to be thankful. Praise God, I'm here. Praise the Lord. I, I encourage you here. We do have an answer. Amen. Well, every time I tell them, they don't listen. Well, I've been, like I said, I've been around a lot of folks that, you know, there's some that just get it right away and some that you just got to work on them. Because it depends on the kind of picture they had. Come on now. A lot of times it depends on things that happen in their life. Amen. Come on. And, you know, and not everybody gets it right off the bat that, you know, the, the past is gone. Come on. And it's a new day in Christ. Why? Because I'm a new, crea new creation. Come on, somebody. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Now, some people grab hold of that and run with it. And they're so, they can just let go of that past like, woo, hallelujah. Unhook that train. Poo, let her go. Hallelujah. Caboose and all. Get her out of here. Amen. But some folks just, just still want to pull that thing around. Come on now. And so we're here to help. Come on. We're here to help. We're here to help. Uh, you know, some folks, you know, somebody said, well, every time I get around that person, uh, you know, I, uh, I struggle. You know, well, you know, then get yourself full. So that every time they, you know, they try to pull on you, it's all they're getting is hope. You radiate it. Come on now. Remember the old radi heat, heat radi radiator heat type? Remember the old, I always remember in the old school buildings, you know, they had those little, they always made all kinds of funky noises all the time. It's like I wouldn't want to be in the building in the night not hearing all that. You know, like, what is that? I don't know, you know, but it's just that this is the way that kind of that heat worked and it just would, you know, kind of roll through there and somehow just it just that heat would just radiate off there. Keep those keep that building warm. Amen. That's just kind of, you know, whatever. But we're to radiate with hope. Well, if, if and if we're struggling with it, then as we're finding out here, then get in the word. Come on now. Start meditating on some good stuff. Come on now. Start leaning on God. Why? Because he's the God. What? Of hope. Right. In fact, uh, let's see here. Do we have, uh, did you have the Weymouth translation or any of those kind? Okay, all right, no, no worries. Uh, let's see, you had, did you have the New Living translation? Put that one up. Okay. I pray that God, come on now, the, I love this, the source of hope. Now listen, we're believers. Now come on now, and don't get me wrong. There's times we all need a little boost. Don't get me wrong. We're here to encourage one another. But come on now, sometimes too, as you know, we're in this thing, and men I know who I'm talking to tonight, it's the Wednesday night crowd. So I'm going to get a little movement out of you on that one, but okay, it's maybe I got the Thursday night crowd here, or Friday night crowd here. I don't know. Amen. What's that? Thursday night crowd's a whole different crowd I'm with. Yeah, amen. Amen. But anyway, so uh, with the Wednesday night crowd, 
Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. This, we, we just know who our source of hope, come on, is, right? So if we will, amen, dive into this and draw from this and, and get time with God and glean all we can, let him, let him kind of, you know, breathe into us every day, praise God, then we won't have any problem radiating hope. Amen. So let the, the, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him. Uh, then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the New Living Translation. Amen. Uh, the Weymouth Translation, he, called, he said he called God the giver of hope. I like that. Amen. The Williams Translation calls God the hope-inspiring God. Isn't that cool? The hope-inspiring God. So you hang out with God, then, amen, your hope will be inspired. Amen. I mean, there's a lot of times, you know, you might have things going on, and it may not be a real great picture, uh, but you go spend a little time with God, and just a little time with God, and it'll start modifying that picture. All of a sudden, it doesn't look so bad. I'm just saying. You know, you know, we might come into situations that, and, you know, we've obviously had uh, you know, we all deal with things and things that go on, and some things are not fun. Uh, you know, some things are, uh, you know, actually we just wish they would never happen, and all of a sudden they're going on. And so, you know, a lot of folks, because of these kind of things, uh, hope is trying to go out the window. But you come in the scene, you've you got to be one that carries hope. Come on now, you've got to be one, a carrier of it. And we go in, uh, you know, Thursday nights, you know, and, and some guys come in, they're all pumped, but you get some of them guys like, you know, uh, right? I guess it don't have to be in Thursday night. I get some Wednesday nights, a few guys doing that. And, <laughs> amen. I even get a few Sunday folk doing that. Amen. And I'm just glad I got here because barely made it today because I ain't got much juice, man. I can't fill me up, you know. Or if I had to come in and go, well, I was kind of hoping you'd all fill me up, I, you know. <laughs> I'm kind of, I just don't know what I'm going to do, you know. You'd all be going, oh, my God, we're all in trouble, <laughs> you know, right? I mean, so you got to come in, man, whoa, right? You got to be a carrier of it, amen. Hallelujah. Somebody's got to carry hope, amen. And it might as well be you and me, praise God, amen. Put Psalm 62 and 5 on the board, if you will. Amen. Psalm 62 and 5 says, my soul, I love that, my soul. My, my will, my emotions, he's, he's commanded to, my soul, wait silently, amen, for God alone. Everybody say, God alone. God alone. Amen. Sometimes when you're in certain situations, I don't need to be leaning on anything else. I don't need to lean on anything. I want God. I need God here, right? Because why? Because he, uh, for my expectation or my hope, that's, that, that word means hope, is from him. He's the source of it. Okay, he's the source of hope, the giver of hope, the hope-inspiring God. Amen. Hallelujah. Put Jeremiah 29. Let's shift gears here a little bit. Praise God. A common text, right? For I know the thoughts. This is God talking. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil. Why? To give you a future and a hope. So that's why you want to stay connected to God, draw from the Word of God, draw uh, from you know, time spent with God. Why? Because what you're trying to do is, is get His thoughts. Right? I mean, sometimes I don't need my thoughts. I need His thoughts. Amen. Right now, my thoughts are not going in the right direction. So I need to change, amen, and grab his thoughts, praise God. So the only way I'm going to do that is either I'm going to have to somehow or another get the word of God, uh, you know, the written word of God going in me, or praise God, that inspired uh, voice of the Lord speaking into me, praise God. Somehow or another, praise God, get him breathing into me, amen. Why? So I gain his thoughts because his thoughts begin to modify that picture. Still with me? And so all we're trying to say is this, okay, that's how you get hope. So God wants to use you in the like fashion, it said, being like-minded, like Christ, amen, where you come in on the scene and you too are a carrier of hope, praise God, with thoughts from God because that's where it comes from. 
Not when you come in there and jump in there with them in the mud, roll around. I know, life just really stinks, and I know. Come on now, that ain't going to help. You got to be a carrier of hope. Amen? We can, let's get you out of the mud. You don't need to hang out in the mud. Come on now. Amen. Let's get you out of that mess. Let's get you, stop, get you from thinking that mess. Sometimes, listen, sometimes that picture is what keeps you back from a breakthrough. Sometimes that picture is the only thing that keeps you back from your miracle. Because you strive, you know, you know the right things doctrinally, you know the right things to say doctrinally. Amen. We all have learned Christianese, especially in this house. Come on now. We all, that's the first thing you learn, like in a church like this, you learn Christianese. You learn how to say amen, praise the Lord, glory to God, hallelujah. Right? Amen. And every now and then, the Word says, amen, that's all good, nothing wrong with any of that, amen. But somewhere along the line, see, if, if all we're, if we're keep button, uh, button up against that, that picture that says it ain't going to change, it ain't going to turn around, it isn't, come on, we got to shift that and change that, right? Amen. And so there are ways that we work on that ourselves, amen. Don't get me wrong, too, that's why we're here with one another, too, trying to encourage one another. Come on, right? Yeah. To help them change that picture one way or another. Amen. Uh, but we should, at least this group, right, we should know how to, amen, move into God, amen, and through patience and come, we draw from the Word of God, draw from the voice of God, hallelujah, so we can whoa, radiate, praise God. Amen. All right. So this is how it works. All right. So we're getting his thoughts, right? So praise God. Uh, let's see here. Put uh, Psalms 139. Put that on the board. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great, I love this, how great is the sum of them. I just thought that'd be worth their reading because I thought, you know, God's always got something good to say to you. And God can always speak something into you that'll just... Man, just make your day right. Amen. If we just let him do it, amen, whether we're talking about meditating on the scriptures or whether we're talking about listening for the voice, amen, spending time praying in the, uh, you know, in your, in your quality, uh, you know, alone time with God, amen, uh, drawn uh, just from, you know, just, you know, the breath of God breathing into you, praise God. But there is, uh, God will always have something great to say. Isn't it good that God never says anything I mean, there might be times that God might, you know, make an adjustment in your life, but God never comes in with bad news. He always comes in with good news and how to turn this thing, change this thing, what to, how to believe, how to see it different. I praise God in certain things. I, I can't even tell you how many times over the years the Spirit of God just said one thing, and all it did is it changed my whole perspective. And so what just, what just happened was, okay, my inner seeing my picture on the inside got modified just by God saying one thing. I was thinking it was, you know, going to be a huge mess or, or not going to change or it's gonna be, uh, this thing's going to go, go south real quick and, and the Spirit of God just one thing said and it's like it changed the whole thing. And all of a sudden you, you came out of that time, praise God with God, praise God on top. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 And if you come out of talking with God depressed, you did it wrong. Just thought I'd tell you that. Amen. So if you come out depressed, go back in there. Get it right. Amen. Okay, I'll leave that one alone right there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, uh, let's see here. Um, go to, uh, let's put, um, put Romans 4 up there, verse 13. And uh, I think this would be worth looking at here. Romans 4. Back up a few chapters here. This here dealing with uh, Abraham. Now I put verse 13 just so we kind of get it established who we're talking about here. Uh, for the promise. Everybody say promise. promise. Now a promise is something that's been expressed. Um, I don't know if I put down the definition or not in my notes here today. Uh, oh, I did. It means an expressed assurance on which expectation is to be based. Something expressed, an expressed assurance, something you can count on or bank on. Come on. 
something expressed, so a promise from God is something that has been expressed that you can count on, amen, an expressed assurance on which expectation is to be based. In other words, your hope is to be based on it. Come on. So in other words, it ought to modify. If you meditate on the promises, it should modify the picture. Okay, so for the promise, what was the promise? Well, that he would be the heir of the world was not uh, to Abraham or to a seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith, all right? For if those who are of the law are heirs, in other words, all based on what you do, then, you know, what's the point, right? Faith is made void and the promise then made of no effect. In other words, so, so God made a promise to you, not based on you doing and having to do it all yourself. Come on, somebody, but trusting in him. Amen, but, you know. He made a, made a way for you. Just receive, right? So come on. Well, sometimes that's you got to figure that out because sometimes part of the picture is even though you've heard the promises, you still see you doing it, you know, in your own power and your own strength, and all you're doing is stressing out. And we're not getting anywhere. So a promise is given, amen? So he says receive it based on the righteousness of faith, praise God. You got into a place of right standing based on what Jesus did. So now just believe and receive. It changes the picture. Things start clicking. Sometimes, that, sometimes that's all it is. All right? Now the problem's gone. Stress-free living. Well, anyway, moving right along. What verse are we on? That was 15. Verse 16 now. Therefore, uh, oh, no, I didn't read verse 15. Okay, 15. Uh, because the law brings about wrath, for where there is no law, there, uh, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise, everybody say promise, the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also those who are of the faith of Abraham. Amen. In other words, doesn't matter what camp you're coming from. Come on. It's, it's, it's to everybody. Amen. Of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. So we know who we're talking about. As it is written. Verse 17, I have made you a father of many nations. This is what he said to Abraham, right? In the presence of him whom he believed. Even God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Come on now. So it means even though you might think it, ain't, it can't happen, God says, I think it can. That's why you never limit God. God calls things that be not as though they are. Come on now. I just thought, but he, you know, in context, everything he's saying. So here, verse 18, he says, who contrary to hope... Or in other words, in contrary to a hopeless situation is what it kind of deals with. In hope, believed. In other words, on the basis of hope or because of the principle of hope, he then believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So God spoke it. So shall your descendants be. God spoke it. Amen. You'll be the father of a great multitude. Come on. God spoke it. Thus it was recorded. We all read it now. Come on, somebody. The point being is this. It was spoken. It was words spoken that changed the picture for Abraham. And God even gave him a few little tidbits. God said, look up. What do you see? Well, I see stars. Count them. What? Count them. And he goes, so shall your seed be. Look down. What do you see? Well, sand. He says, so shall your seed be. Trying to give him a new picture. Come on, somebody. See, he spoke things. Now, the reason I'm saying this is this is how the principle works. So then you come along and somebody over here that, you know, regardless of the picture they have, regardless of where they stand in hope, but they, they kind of more in a hopeless state. And you come along with words to be spoken straight from the word of God itself or the thoughts of God himself. Amen. And you speak words. And what does it do? It begins to modify their picture. Amen. We're... we're we're, we're carriers of hope. We are sowers of hope. Look at your neighbor and say, that's you. Now, okay, sometimes, I didn't know why I was debating on this or not, but, uh, you know, uh, the world kind of has a different perspective on, on hope. And, uh, you know, they tell you not to get your hopes up, but yet Romans 15 says we're to abound in hope. Um, 
there, uh, the world says, uh, this is a statement out of the world, okay, there's just some uh, cliches that they use. Uh, expectation leads to disappointment. That's depressing. But according to Romans 5, it says hope does not disappoint. So if you get the right picture, you'll never be disappointed. Now remember what the word uh, uh, disappointment means. It means uh, literally means defeat or failure of expectation. Okay, it means the frustration of expectation. So the whole thing, the whole time is dealing with the picture, how you're, the glimpse of what you're seeing. So, you know, we're, we, our picture is it's, it's, it's never going to be right. It's, it's utter failure. It's, it's, it's never going to work. Okay? And so the world, you know, their, their view of expectation somehow or another is going to be based or somewhere in their disappointment is going to be fed into the mix or the fear of disappointment or are you still with me? Now, the reason I said, remember, remember in the world, before you knew Christ, you had no hope. But now you've got Christ. And you're, based on the blood of Christ, you've entered in. And because of that, you're now a part. You're now, you're now participants of the covenants of God. Amen. You're a participant of all that he has to offer. Of all the re- So we have no business walking around anymore without hope. Come on now. Because there's enough of it out there. Because the world feeds on hopelessness. So, you know, so somewhere along the line, we've got to say, you know what, wait a minute, wait a minute. I've got the, the greater one on the inside. I, I've got the word of God, the voice of God. Amen. Ears to hear God because I'm his sheep and his sheep know his voice, hear his voice, follow his voice. Hallelujah. I mean, my, I've got the spirit of God. The, I've got the armor of God. Amen. I've got a God on my side. Hallelujah. There's no reason for me to be depressed. No reason for me to be uh, disappointed. There's no reason for me to be hopeless. There's no reason for me uh, to give in and yield uh, to some picture, amen, that, that, you know, that God is not the author of. Is anybody hearing me? Now, I'm talking to you as sowers of hope. Um, okay, I'll do that. Um, you know, Jesus one day is walking down, walking down the street, and uh, uh, somebody comes up from behind, grabs his garment, and, uh, you know, he stops, looks, and says, who touched me? And, you know, everybody's looking around, well, everybody's touching you, dude. You know, they're, you know, they're all groping and trying, you know, you know, just, you know, he's a pretty famous person walking through the street right now. And he says, no, 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 no. He said, somebody drew faith. Somebody said virtue had gone from me. So I know somebody in faith touched me and got something. So, you know, and then he sees, and of course, there she is. And, uh, you know, she, you know, basically, you know, a woman with the issue of blood, which could have been stoned, according to uh, custom, she could have been stoned in the street because of her condition. Come on, somebody. Um, took a chance, got out there. Amen. Why did she take a chance on him? She heard things. And so, in the words, even all the situations she'd been through, through all the doctors and everything, and said she got worse instead of better. Come on, somebody. But then she heard about this Messiah of miracles, come on somebody, and then, come on, knew if I could just touch the hem of his garment, amen, I'll be made well. And she said that as she kind of, what's that? That was the picture. So it changed, she gets it, Jesus, right then, he says virtue, virtue came, in other words, power has been released, because, and he told her, he says, your faith made you well. Amen? Right? All right. And then, what's the whole time he's going to Jairus' house? Remember that? That's where he was headed. Jairus' daughter's dying. Come on. So Jesus, he says, if you will just come, lay hands on it, she'll be made well. Okay, that's, that's you know, your faith extended, so I'm going to go there. 
He gets the news while that's all going down that the daughter has died. And what did Jesus say? <laughs> Don't you say anything. <laughs> Only believe. Don't you change that. Amen. Don't you modify. Keep it. Keep things right. Stay connected. Only believe. And this thing will change. Amen. And of course, get it. Now, I said all that, but just I'm going to throw a little spin on this. Okay. Okay. Now, here you are going along in life, living life as a child of God. Um, who do you relate to? Who do you relate to in that story? Is it the woman with the issue of blood? Is it Jairus? Is it, is it Jesus? See, what we need to do as believers is relate with Jesus. Come on, somebody. Now, don't get me wrong. We've all been the woman with the issue of blood. We've all been Jairus. Come on, somebody. We've all been there. Not denying that. Okay, we've all had things where, right? But we have to learn to relate. Amen. We're the ones now carrying something. Come on now. Where everywhere we go, amen, people should benefit from it. We're carriers of hope and other things, but today we're talking about hope. So we're carriers, amen. So every time we come in contact with people, they ought to, they ought to get their own picture modified just by being around you. That's the way it should work. And the more we see it that way, the more divine opportunities and divine moments and divine connections you get. Okay. So the world has a certain perspective. Here's another one. I thought this is, you know, it's just, it's just like a plaque. I saw, I couldn't even believe it. I didn't believe it would buy this. No expectation, no disappointment. Who would buy that? I should have just waited there until somebody did pick it up just to talk to them. <laughs> Do not buy that. Anyway. Remember, faith is the substance of things hoped for, right? Amen. See, it's based on that picture, see? Your faith gives substance to that, all right? Uh, here's another one, okay? Um, I think this was a T-shirt. Expect nothing. And you will never be disappointed. That's about as depressing as it gets. <laughs> and anytime that if you live life like that, that's an, you're an easy target for deception. All right, that's just a fact, and that's see, that's why we come on the scene, amen. And we bring hope, amen. Um, let's see here. Uh, well, there's a, this one here. I think was on some. I don't know one of the little. I don't know if it, not Pinterest, I'm not going to do Pinterest, but it, what's that little, little picture things? That, I don't know. Anyway, I don't know what you call it. But every now and then I like to watch something because sometimes they have some happy stuff in there and it's kind of nice. And now it's just becoming a bunch of stuff about cats. But anyway. <laughs> but anyway. I, um, so this was one of the statements in this. Uh, uh, too much expectation leads to sadness. You know, your future is based on your expectation. It determines your, expect it determines your future. See? Uh, here's another one, last one. I won't keep you too depressed here. Uh, secret to happiness is low expectation. Now, that's how the world views things. And see, certain people, too, even in the church, have adapted to that. And it does. But see, but it all comes based on a combination of things. We're not making light of what they've gone through, that, but, but things have happened in an ongoing onslaught of things that maybe they've dealt with. Maybe just on and on and on and on, something you know, keeps going and they don't get past it. So pretty soon we start adapting to things like this. And, and we can't do that as believers because we're, we're supposed to be carriers of hope. 
So we stay connected to Him, draw on, on the voice of God, let God breathe in you, whether it be through His voice or through His written word, amen, through preaching, teaching. Come on, somebody, oh, the constant, let God breathe into us, amen. If we keep doing that, praise God, then our picture will modify and change, amen. And when it does, things begin to shift and change. We're not making light of the situations that people have been through. We understand that. We get it. It happens. But we move forward, amen, and we keep drawing on God. Why? Because He's the source of hope, praise God. Why? Because we're supposed to abound with hope. Because, praise God, somewhere along the line, somebody needs more hope, and you're the carrier of hope, praise God. Give God praise. Come on now. Amen. Praise the Lord. Did you get something tonight? Why don't you all stand up, praise God. I think that's good tonight, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, next, next Wednesday night, again, we're doing, a, uh, we're doing another uh, work night on Wednesday night. So just uh, some more stuff we try to, we just want to get ahead, start on some of the VBS stuff because we've got a lot of stuff we're trying to get done ahead of time. Otherwise, it's going to be an overload the week before. So we're just trying to, as a, as a church group, just try to work together as a team. Praise God. Maybe I should have taught on team spirit tonight. Maybe I, but anyway, uh, uh, hope is right. Okay, hope's right. Okay. Amen. So, but anyway, the point is, is that we're all just come together again, just try to get some things done, pray, work as a team to get some things done. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, did you get some tonight? Yeah. All right. All right. Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor once again. We're thankful for your word, for these principles. Father, I thank you that we're a people that abound in hope. Praise God. Drawn from the source of hope. Praise God. Hallelujah. Moving forward in hope. Praise God. Bringing hope to those who are in a hopeless state. Father, I thank you for the privilege of being difference makers. Praise God. The privilege of being the salt, being the light. Praise God. Being those, praise God, that bring hope to those that need it, and we give you the praise and glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. Turn to somebody and say, I'm so glad you abound in hope, and you are dismissed. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.